new familiar feeling on Monday after decision day for an elite defensive lineman. Yeah, I've been waiting all weekend to see how uh, this hour is going to go, so I guess let's find out. 405-651-3439. Fill it up. Let's go on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The text line essentially today is your uh, vent session opportunity, and we'll try to get to as many as possible. But, uh, Parker, you were there on site on Saturday. It's uh, not the result anyone around here wanted. I, I, I guess uh, apparently he committed to Oregon a while back. Like, what what did Zidavian Sims say after he picked Oregon on, on Saturday? Yeah, well, he acknowledged that he committed to Oregon on his first visit there back on April 22nd, which, you know, it's funny. I talked to a couple people around him, and they're like, no, that's actually not true. He didn't commit that. So, I, like, it just kind of underscores you don't really know what to believe with regard to this kid, Tyler, because – the fact is he misled everybody in the OU camp, told the OU coaches that they had nothing to worry about all the way until the morning of his commitment, upon which he acknowledged that, no, I'm actually going to Oregon. So I got to take the L. I missed on this one. That is why is because the kid was not only telling both me and my colleague Brandon Drum that he was going to go OU, but he was telling the OU coaching staff that he was coming to OU as well and didn't fess up to the truth until the morning of his decision. And, of course, Steely shared the anecdote via Brandon oh, yeah. in the 12 o'clock hour where Todd Bates basically leaves his dying father to go and make one final pitch at Bates, is told that uh, there's nothing to worry about with regard to the upcoming announcement, and then the announcement goes in favor of Oregon. So nobody has it harder than Todd Bates right now. Obviously, prayers with him and what his family is Absolutely. going through. But, uh, again, Tyler, it just kind of underscores how this – we're going to remember this recruitment as one of the most mishandled processes, especially as it pertains to the decision, in the history of OU recruiting. Mishandled in terms of how Zadavian Sims mishandled it? I, I'm guessing that that's what you're meaning here? Yes. Okay, okay. Well, okay, well, you mentioned what Brandon Drum texted Steely in the first hour of their show, and I think most people have heard exactly what that text uh, read by now. But let, let's just revisit that. Apparently, Todd Bates' dad was in hospice uh, on Friday, and Todd Bates left, um, which apparently Todd Bates' dad has passed, so like Parker said, Thoughts and prayers go out to Todd Bates and his family. That's a very sad situation. So apparently Todd Bates left to go visit Zadavian Sims, correct? Just just run down that whole timeline again if you could. Yes. So basically Todd Bates' dad is declining throughout the week, and eventually he gets put in hospice. Todd Bates makes the trip down to Durant on Friday morning to check in at C4 uh, with Sean Cooper and Sims' crew. And then – Barely 24 hours later, gets the news that Sims is going to be announcing for Oregon later that afternoon. So, all in all, Todd Bates has taken an enormous one-two combination to the chin over the last week. And I talked to Sims one-on-one -on -one for 15, 20 minutes after his announcement. And as far as the kid is concerned, look, he was trying to keep it a secret. That wasn't uh, anything that we didn't already know. He was trying to cast doubt upon what the decision was going to be come Saturday afternoon. But he told me that he was fully aware 
of what Bates' dad was going through, but because it was happening throughout the week, he didn't really see where there was an opportune time to let Bates know, hey, I'm actually not going to Oklahoma. So from the kid's standpoint, you get it, but at the same time, if you were going to tell him, tell him literally any time but right before you're about to announce and he's still got his hopes up, all in all, mishandled, top to bottom, no two ways about it. This situation was managed poorly by all involved. And unfortunately, there are going to be some pretty severe consequences in terms of reputation, if nothing more, for the parties involved. Yeah, it's like you said, it's unfortunate all the way around. Now, we've seen an elite defensive lineman not pick OU on decision date, and OU still ends up getting a visit late in the process. Now, I know Zadavian Sims said that he's shutting down all the other visits, like he's he's all Oregon, here we go. I, I, I had it obviously written down today, is this recruitment over? And I don't know this to be 100%. I don't have any sources on this. It's just a feeling and kind of knowing how this staff operates. I don't know about you, Parker, but I have a hard time feeling like um, feeling like this staff is going to try to get back in on Zadavian Sims before this is all over with, and, and maybe – you know, time heals all wounds on this deal, and maybe we're talking about in September that Avian Sims does take another visit. But I, I at least think for now that the way that it was handled, everything that you said, the OU staff is, yeah, we're moving on here with other defensive line targets. Yeah, I, I, I do not think time heals all wounds, Tyler. I think this is one wound that time will not heal. Oklahoma's not going to maintain Probably. a relationship with Sedavian Sims. And moreover, Oklahoma is not going to maintain a relationship with C4. If one of their kids wants to be recruited by the University of Oklahoma or play at the University of Oklahoma, in all likelihood, they're going to have to dissociate from C4. And you know that's, that's how deep it is now. Well, I really? mean, look, wow. I mean, look, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? Dang. And uh, Ohio deep. Sooner, right. Ohio Sooner on the text line says, speaking of Todd Bates, I remember a very prescient quote from him. If you miss on a five-star, he may beat you once or twice. If you sign the wrong five-star, he'll beat you every day. Sims seems like the kind of head case that would beat you every day. Well, I mean, yeah, what, what did Brent Vittable say? As Actually, I read the quote again this morning on a story in The Athletic about his commitment policy is basically it's not recruit your own problems, but there's a 100% hit rate on if you recruit drama, you're going to have drama within your program. So it kind of seems like all that a lot. I mean, it's just a uh, – yeah, it's it's pretty shocking and uh, disappointing how all this uh, came about. But, you know, that, that wasn't the end of the drama this weekend. You know, you had the message board geniuses tweets – that went out and has gone viral, I think. Gerald McCoy, quote, tweeted it. David Stone, quote, tweeted it. I don't think, look, I'm sure we're going to get a few of these texts. I don't think that that's going to be a huge deal at the end of the day. I think that that represents a very small uh, fraction of the fa- faction of the fan base. I, I, I just don't believe that all of a sudden David Stone or all these other prospects think totally different about OU because of four message board posts that were uh, published. I don't think that that's the case. Yeah, look, you find bad apples across every fan base. Uh, I'm glad to see that on the text line a few of you are interjecting or rather injecting some humor into this situation. Somebody in 918 says, can someone tell me how to get in touch with Gunny? I need something to take the edge off. From the 405, Durant is on probation and cannot be the yeah. small town of the day until yes. next calendar year. Yes. And, and hey, we we had meet Oklahoma as the small town of the day Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last week. And this is what happens? 
Unbelievable, man. Oh, we heard. Unbelievable. We're, we heard from Recruiting Doomer ten, 2 again. He says, uh, you guys were so overconfident as usual. Nope. LMAO. Now, I actually remember saying really all week last week, Tyler, nobody really knows exactly how this is going to go on Saturday. But look, again, I go back to it. The kid's telling us he's going to OU. He's telling the OU staff he's going to OU. I can't really sit there and act like I'm hearing anything different than what I'm hearing, which is the kid telling everybody on this end that he's going to be in Oklahoma sooner. So, again, I'll take the L. I, there was really no way around that one. I got to eat it. It is what it is. But uh, Colin Claremore on the text line adds, disappointed in myself again, tired of allowing high schoolers to dictate my mental yes. health. Yeah. That's, that's, that's life on this show. I, I tell, you, you read a, a, a text from Recruiting Doomer 2. Here's the Recruiting Doomer. Screw Sims. That blank done. I don't want that kid on a roster ever. He is a liar. Uh, some people are wanting to know what C4 is, and I'll let you explain that, but basically it's a training facility down in the Durant area. Yes, so it's a training facility where a lot of guys from that Texoma area train, and it's kind of it's kind of a catch-all, to be honest. Like, yeah, they train there. They play seven-on-seven seven together there, uh, but also they take a lot of the same visits together. From the 580, somebody asked, so OU is pissed at C4 as well? Yes, very much so. Uh, from the 405, isn't it ironic that a snake move comes from Durant? Man, wow. Durant taking some arrows today. Jeez. Wow. Hadn't considered Man. that angle. I Look, if you would have told me on Friday, and again, thoughts and prayers go out to, to Todd Bates and his family. It's a, And I'm not talking about the decommitment. I'm talking about or the, the uh, commitment elsewhere. I'm talking about his father here, of course. But if you would have told me late last week that the town of Durant was going to take more arrows on Monday than Todd Bates, um, that that would have uh, that would have surprised me quite a bit. Nick says prayers to Todd Bates and his family. We have to remember, not one kid is going to change the entire outcome of the program. There is better kids out there, character and all. Now, and and that is one side to it. Nick's right. You know, not that you didn't want Zadavian Sims. Obviously, OU wanted Zadavian Sims. It's a position of need. It's a position where they need to get multiple players across the defensive line. Like you, you wanted him. This is not the highest ranked recruiting, or this is not the highest ranked defensive lineman on your board. Far from it, actually. So it is a setback. You got to do a better job in the state of Oklahoma. Sure, all that. There's still some major targets out there that you still feel good about. Now I get it. Some of you are saying, "Well, how can you feel good about any defensive line recruit now, based on how the things the past year have gone?" And I understand that, but it still feels like. Even with all of that, OU still in good shape for some elite defensive linemen who are ranked higher and in some cases a lot higher than what Zidavian Sims is. Yeah, we might we might spend this entire hour talking about the Sims situation because we have a myriad of texts. Oh, it's crazy. To get to. I, I, it's like, been a long time since I've seen the text line like now, this the first segment of the show. It's it's nuts. Now Zane says, unfortunately, Sims is just like the video game with his namesake, a complete waste of time. And his liking my tweets apparently and nothing to him. Sad emoji. <laughs> Sorry, Zane. You you took an you took an L this weekend too. Thoughts thoughts and prayers with you as well. I did see a quote from Zadavian Sims on Saturday talking about um, Dan Lanning and how he has the largest buyout in college football. I didn't know that, but it sounds like that was a uh, recruiting pitch to Zadavian Sims from Dan Lanning. Like, hey, I got the largest buyout in college football. I'm not going anywhere, which I, I guess I've just never heard that recruiting pitch before, but it was interesting uh, nonetheless. 
to hear that that was at least one recruiting pitch from uh, Dan Lanning, largest buyout. Yeah, well, and Lord knows that if Lanning gets it cooking in Oregon, you're not going to be able to buy that guy out, even if you're willing to pay that buyout, because Oregon will pay more money because they've got an endless supply of it behind Phil. Phil Knight is worth $45 billion, Tyler. Anybody trying to go toe-to-toe in NIL with a kid whose recruitment will be decided via NIL is not going to outpace Oregon. They're just not. Now, Now Ronnie Crimson on the text line says, no Parker slander will be tolerated on the text line today. This is a zero-tolerance policy. I appreciate you, Ronnie Crimson, but unfortunately this is one of the four or five days of the year where there's just going to be a lot of slander, and I have to take it all in stride. So, 817, don't care if Zadavium Sims would have been a Heisman. Don't want him on our roster after that move. So when I ask this, some people are going to yell out, duh, but you mentioned NIO with Oregon. How much do you believe that was a factor in uh, in this decision on Saturday? No, oh, it was a factor. It was a factor. I would think so. <laughs> I mean, I would think that that was definitely a factor in all this. As uh, four stars at Avian Sims picks Oregon on Saturday. By the way, I was one of the many watching that YouTube live stream. I know that you were there, and I don't know if you knew this was going on at the time. Not a great – in fact, one of the worst – Live stream connections that I've seen for a uh, for a commitment day. Really, was that bad? It was. It was tough. Yeah, it was. I felt bad for the guy that was trying to like uh, quarterback that whole stream. Like, hey, is it Avian Sims? There was like a massive delay. You really couldn't hear him. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was tough all the way around. Tough all the way around. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I'm at the Newcastle Casino today, right outside the bar where happy hour is going to get underway here in about 45 minutes, uh, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Budweiser, Michelob Ultra cans, 450. Uh, well drinks are 550 here. So, yeah, tough news this weekend on the recruiting front. Maybe some of you could use some uh, happy hour specials. Well, come join me on here at the Newcastle Casino, and uh, maybe we can get through what happened this weekend because it wasn't the only setback. There were some good things that happened with OU recruiting this weekend. One of those happened live on the ref with Danny Okoye, We'll play that audio clip for you if, in case you didn't hear it. But Lane Jenkins, did his offer get pulled this weekend after a secret visit to Illinois? We'll update you on that situation a whole lot more with Zadavian Sims. Keep it locked on the ref for the homeless Suter fans. <laughs> oh, boy. I got a pretty good idea what the music selection is going to be today after uh, just the first segment. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref for the homeless suitor fans. I'm live at the Newcastle Casino today. And great job, guys. Approximately 130 texts during just the first <laughs> segment of today's show. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're up and rolling on a uh, Monday afternoon, that's for sure. The ref army, oh, buddy, they are listening nationwide via our free and official KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store. Warner Robbins, Georgia's tuned in. San Jose, California. Round Rock, Texas. Phoenix, Arizona, Grandview, Missouri, Cimarron, Kansas, and our small town of the day. Not Meade, Oklahoma. No, uh-uh, not anymore. Hominy, Oklahoma is our small town of the day. Someone on the uh, text line submitted Hominy, Oklahoma as our small town of the day. So we'll go with that one over, uh, over Meade, Oklahoma. Hey, we're going to get to as many of these texts as we can. We're going to be easily over 200 on the day, so understand, please, if we don't get to every single one of them. But Lane Jenkins, who less than a week ago is a junior college defensive end edge player that we found out committed to OU, 
apparently, Parker, he took a secret visit to Illinois. OU found out, and he no longer has a spot at OU. Is that the, the current update on things with Lane Jenkins and the Sooners? Yes, well, as a wise man once said, Tyler, the more you F around, the more you're going to find out. And <laughs> Lane Jenkins – okay, out. now I will, I will make this clear. Lane Jenkins wanted to commit to Oklahoma and be done with it. His mom was not as eager. Now, he's from Illinois – Mom wanted him to take the Illinois visit. He eventually went ahead and told the OU staff, hey, I, I think I want to take this Illinois visit. And the OU staff said, see ya. Wow. That's how it went down. <sighs> well, okay. Uh, the policy is a policy for a reason. And I think that we've seen, has there been an instance where someone else has taken another visit and they've ended up, they, they've still ended up in OU's class at the end of things. I feel like we ran this down about a month ago, and I don't no. remember anyone. No, Everyone I mean, who's tested it ended up elsewhere. Yeah, Ashton Kozar went to Oregon. Colton Vosick ended up in Texas. Anthony Evans went to Georgia. And OU could have probably held on to Lane Jenkins if they'd said, uh, okay, whatever, visit Illinois. But the way I had it relayed, and I'm sanitizing here, but the way I had it relayed to me from a very well-placed source on the matter said, look, this is Oklahoma. We're not getting into a mano a mano battle with freaking Illinois. Sure. Well, understandable. And it sounds like he is going to pick Illinois. I saw a crystal ball. I think it was a crystal ball today that now has him going to Illinois, which would uh, would make some sense there. So Lane Jenkins, that was a fun three or four days talking about him, <laughs> and it was a very you know it was an exciting get. I didn't expect him to play this year. Or anything a year or two down the road, we'll see what happens, but. Uh, yeah, that's one that we're probably not ever going to bring up again. Gosh, he was past this week. He Jeez. was a sooner for barely longer than Peyton Bowen was a duck. Dude, we, that's that would be a fun conversation. Which uh, which OU career has been the shortest? Lane Jenkins has got to be. I don't think he's at the top, but he's got to be. Gene Stevenson at Wichita State, pretty short career as the oh, uh, baseball coach here. Jansen Dunn won. was silently committed to OU for like an hour. You remember that one yeah. back in twenty twenty. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a junior July topic. Uh, fastest Sooner careers of all time. Lane Jenkins probably going to uh, Illinois now. Danny Okoye, we'll, uh, we'll get to him next segment. I think that there's – look, I, I was in studio with the kid on Friday. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens here moving forward. OU's now in the top ten, but I, I think that there's uh, definitely some things uh, to be excited about there. Yeah, well, uh, they're, they're more than in the top ten. They're in the top five right now. Yeah, I, uh, yeah I would think so, too. Joe from Guthrie says it makes me happy that they stick to their guns. Regarding Lane Jenkins? Yes. Yes, I'm guessing so. Well, and as you'll recall, they did with Ashton Cozart. They didn't with Colton Vosick and Anthony Evans. They let them take those visits, counting on the fact that it wasn't going to affect their recruitment, but obviously in the end, Vosick flipped, and so did Evans. So I think with those two situations in the rearview mirror from their very first recruiting cycle at Oklahoma, this staff is not going to mess around or make exceptions for anybody that has a desire to try the policy going forward. Uh, from the 918, these people calling for Todd Bates' job are complete Karens, but I'm curious for his sake how long he stays because the stigma attached to OU and their inability to land top-notch defensive linemen appears too much for even him to overcome. We'll, we'll, okay, let's let's hold off a few months on that last part, because if that stigma exists right now, it has a chance to completely change 
um, by the end of, I don't know, November, depending on the timeline of some of these recruits. Because if he just lands David Stone and Williams Winery in this class, then that stigma is totally going to change. So I'm just not I'm not ready to go there just yet. Let's let this recruiting cycle play out, in my opinion, Parker, before we talk about, well, when does Todd Bates just lead because of the stigma around OU defensive line recruiting? Well, look, here's the deal. Todd Bates is in a sneaky good spot right now with Dominic McKinley. I'm not, I'm not on the train that I believe Dominic McKinley is going to be a Sooner yet. He's in a really good spot with Joseph Jonah and Jonier. That's going to be a battle that he primarily has to duke out with Georgia. But there is so much riding on David Stone's recruitment at this point in time, Tyler. Because if you land David Stone, then all the dissenters crawl back into their holes. Or into their holes, excuse me. But if you don't land David Stone, yep. oh boy, the noise is going to yeah. get really, really loud really it's, quickly. It's a big recruitment for sure. 580, any chance the blowback from the message board debacle affects Danny Okoye's recruitment? He made notice of it on Twitter. We addressed this last segment. I just I just don't think so. I, obviously, they noticed it, and there were a few recruits out there that had an opinion on it. Gerald McCoy had an opinion on it as well. But I refuse to believe that what Danny Okoye experienced Friday at OU, all of a sudden that's negated by a few message boards. Po- I, I just – I refuse to think that that's the case with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I would not imagine so because, they again, there are crazies in every single fan base. Um, oh, gosh, somebody said, oh, you can't afford to let any recruit go. Get rid of the policy. As if, oh, you didn't sign the number four class last year without Ashton Cozart, without Colton Vosick, and without Anthony Evans, Tyler. I mean, you're, for the most part um, – your recruiting board is still intact right now on the defensive line. Like, who have they officially missed out on? Zadavian Sims won. Is there any other big target that they really wanted that they've missed out on up to, up to this point? Or is Sims the only one? Well, I know it, what Lindstrom went to Tennessee a few weeks ago. Yes, but, but with, with both Lindstrom and Sims, and we talked about this last week, right? Zadavian Sims was not at the tip of the top on OU's board at defensive tackle. Looking at some of the other names they're in on, I would think that much is obvious. And so, no, they have not had any top targets commit elsewhere yet, with the exception of Aaron Flowers when he pledged to Oregon, which is why they're still – well, and Peyton Pierce. There you go, Peyton Pierce and Aaron Flowers. And they're still in contact with both of those guys. They're going to keep trying to flip them. But at this point, look – they're not going to bother with Kellen Lindstrom, and they're not going to bo- They're certainly not going to bother with Zadavian Sims. And in the latter case, obviously part of it is because Sims went about things the way that he did, as far as OU was concerned. But it's also because Lindstrom and Sims aren't enough of a priority for the Oklahoma staff that they're bending over backwards trying to figure out where they go from here. Uh, from the 405, frankly, if uh, David Stone wants a big bag, then I don't want him. Okay, Cam says, oh, that's that's this is a long one. I'll try to get to it quick. I played D1 football in the late 70s, obviously this before the Internet, so you didn't have a breeding ground for prima donnas that recruiting sites and Twitter has produced. Used to be if you were offered like I was and like my school choice, I thank the coaches who recruited me and shook their hands and honored my commitments and signed my LOI on signing days. Too bad these 16- to 18-year-old kids are treated like royalty because it feeds into the madness. NIL is really making college football hard to follow. Enjoy your show. Yeah, I appreciate that, Cam. Look, this was a, it was a tough loss on Saturday, and we laid out the reasons why it was very unfortunate for Todd Bates and 
Yeah, I, I think that we both agree here that I don't think the Zidavian Sims recruitment is one that we're going to be following in June or July. I think OU is going to move off of that one based on what happened this past week. I feel pretty confident about that, too. Yeah, they will. And somebody from the 918 asked, where was Sean Cooper on this? Doesn't he have some responsibility in Sims recruitment? He does, especially because Sims comes from a single-parent household in which he doesn't have a father figure, so that's what Sean has been to him since he was in sixth grade. But look, uh, whether you choose to believe this or not is up to you, but Sean's a businessman, right? And Sean understands that Oklahoma kids are the lifeblood of his business and that it does him some good to have a figurehead at the University of Oklahoma and that it also does his kids some good to go places where they're going to get developed and he wanted Zadavian Sims at Oklahoma in fact he was pushing Zadavian Sims to reconsider his decision however the big mistake that Sean made in all this that Zadavian made in all this that everyone in that camp made in all of this is that they weren't straight up with the OU coaches off the bat. If Sims just tells OU in late April, hey, I'm going to Oregon, trust me, there is not nearly as much blowback. There's virtually none at this point. You'll have a few complaining on the message boards, as you always do. But this has turned into the biggest story in the state of Oklahoma over the last 48 hours, and it's because there was not any honesty or transparency in the final weeks of this recruitment with the OU staff to let them know, hey, Oregon is where this kid's going to end up or where he, at the very least, where he is heavily leaning at the moment. Oh, boy. We uh, we got some drama on this Monday. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. How about some positive news? Anyone down for some positive news on this Monday? If you didn't hear it on Friday, Danny Okoye was awesome in the ref studios with Travis Davidson and myself. And I am optimistic. Optimistic is probably a good word to use about OU's chances with Danny Okoye, and I don't think really anyone would have said that a week ago. We're going to replay a clip of Danny Okoye did over two months of research on Oklahoma. That's when he reached back out to Miguel Chavis. Very impressive kid, very mature kid. We'll give you some good news. How about that? Coming up next right here on The Ref. We have a uh, eclipse the 200 text mark throughout the first two segments. Appreciate that. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Teased it a couple of times. Let's get right to it. Here is a four-star edge, Danny Okoye, Friday live on the ref, talking about how he got back involved with OU in the recruiting process. <laughs> Oops, I have to turn off Oasis. My bad. (laughs) Here you go. All right. What do you got, Danny? So, watching that season play out, OU sort of dwindled in my my ranking, I guess, for places I was considering. But after that last season, I started doing more research into what they were doing, how they were rebuilding from that season. Um, I was talking to people that they were recruiting, people who had committed, people who were committed and then transferred out people who had been playing there for a long time. Um, I talked to recruiting analysts. I talked to journalists. Uh, I studied the spring game that they just had a couple months ago. Um, and after all of that, I decided that maybe it would be in my best interest to reopen the communication. So I reached out to Coach Miguel Chavis, and um, I realized that maybe don't take it at face value. Look at what they're actually building and what they have the potential to become. 
So once Miguel talked to me about that, I was like, man, am I really doing the right thing here? And I talked to my mom about it. She was at first totally against OU because she was raised – well, she wasn't raised a, a Cowboys fan, but she sort of adopted the Cowboys mm-hmm. um, fandom. And so it was always go go pokes, right. no, never horns down. So after talking to her about that, she was like, well, you know, it's your future. It's your life. You're going to do what is best for you, and I'm going to support you in that. So I came down here today, and I will say that OU is definitely back high on the radar for me. I, I don't know how you can't hear that and not – not just feel optimistic, but very optimistic. And I agree with you, man. He dropped the top ten on Saturday and OU's in it. If he dropped the top five on Saturday, I think OU would be in it. And you hear it from that clip and, like, being in studio with him as well, OU has really made an impression on him. I I think that they made an impression on him after the two-plus months of research that he did into this coaching staff and this program. But it feels like when we got him fresh off that visit on Friday – I'm not going to go out and say that OU's the leader here necessarily, Parker, but my thoughts, and I didn't think that this was going to be the case, be the case, have completely changed on OU's chances with Danny Okoye. Heck, I might drop a future cast just based on that interview snippet, Tyler. Do Tell it. me that doesn't sound like an OU football player already. I'm sure the text very, line is going to be filled up with that. Yeah. Well, very well-spoken kid as well and very intelligent. You can tell he's kind of starting to blaze his own trail with his recruitment, and his own trail goes right through Norman, Oklahoma, conveniently enough. So, yeah, I think OU is in very good position with Okoye after his visit on Friday. Now the question becomes, and it's a question that's going to be <laughs> rehashed and that we're probably going to have to answer on a weekly, if not a daily basis over the next few months. What does OU do in the 2024 class, and what can they do on the interior defensive line? Because George is now a major player for Joseph Jonah and Jonier. Yep. David Stone, you know, it's funny, man. I was sitting there talking to Zadavian Sims after his commitment on Saturday, and he goes, David Stone's coming with me. He's going to be a duck. And oh, like, like, like again, oh, again, like if you ask me right now where David Stone commits at the end of the day, I'd say Oklahoma because that's where all the signals point right now. But oh, boy. how quickly Oregon turned the tables with Zadavian Sims when he went up there on April 22nd because he freely acknowledged it on Saturday. I was already committed to OU in my mind. That's what he said about Oklahoma. And then he said everything changed when he went up to Oregon on April 27th. So who's to say the same thing can't happen with David Stone? And maybe it's doom and gloom, Tyler, but I'm just saying with five-star defensive linemen in particular, we can sit here and say with confidence that OU is in the driver's seat for David Stone. I believe that. I believe – like I have no reason to doubt that that is the case right now. But you can't take anything for granted, and we saw this on September 28th last year. You can't take anything for granted with a five-star defensive lineman until Penn hits paper on signing day. It's Yeah, it's the most unpredictable. like Position-wise, that's where you probably get the most unpredictable results in maybe all of recruiting. Now, there's some certain situations like Jaden Rashada, of course, uh, and, and some others as well, but defensive line is – that's that's a crazy life, uh, recruitment-wise. And I'm sure, Parker Thune, I'm sure that the recruiting pitch that Oregon made to Zedavian Sims, if Oregon hasn't already, they would be making a very similar, if not more, of a recruiting pitch to David Stone, if you know what I'm saying. And that's where really all the uncertainty is with all of this. Our, 
our excellent and well-informed Durant source, Sam and Edmund, says, here to take my L as well. I can tell you without a doubt, a friend of his on the Durant football team was told at 6 p.m. Friday night he was coming to OU by Sims. Crazy how it all went down, but we move on to the next one now. Well, Sam and Edmund, thank you for your intel nonetheless, even though the kid did end up fooling everybody. Uh, from the 580, everyone needs to chill. It could be Sims was afraid of all the five stars OU is recruiting and wanted to go where he had a better chance. I mean, maybe, but none of those five stars are committed right now. So I, can you be afraid of a guy that isn't yet a Sooner? From the 405, must have missed it. What's up with Lane Jenkins and a visit to Illinois? Well, he took one. He took one, and OU is now a done with the kid, i.e. his scholarship to Oklahoma – is no longer a standing offer. Hey, by the way, because we haven't talked a whole lot about Danny Okoye, really the only time we've talked about Danny Okoye is to talk about how we don't talk about Danny Okoye. <laughs> Very true. Of, because of, you know, it just he never really showed much interest to OU, and he talked about it in that, in that audio clip. His mom's a big Oklahoma State fan. She wasn't, you know, crazy about the idea at all. Then she said, hey – this is your recruitment, do your thing, and it sounds like that's when he really started to research OU. Now, I, I've seen the kid in person. He is massive. And he told me, don't call me a defensive lineman. Call me an edge player in that interview, which is pretty funny. Um, he is six foot five, every bit of six foot five. I think he is a uh, 24-7 composite four-star. But just talk about the, the player that he is because he um, – He's one of those guys that absolutely looks the part at, at an edge player up there in Tulsa. Well, he does, he looks the part, and I think that's what you're counting on because, admittedly, it is tough to figure how he will stack up against other players his size because he plays for a homeschool team. Right There is never a time where Danny Okoye isn't twice as big and twice as athletic as anybody else on the football field. So kind of taking a chance on the athleticism and the physical tools translating for what's going to be a very substantial jump from NOAA Homeschool Association to five or Power 5 football, excuse me. So, yeah, I, it, it, Danny Okoye is one of those guys where it's just it's tough to reliably evaluate him, and there are things to like, certainly, but I – I reserve my judgment on what kind of player he's going to be at the next level until we see how he responds to being on a college campus for a semester or two. What Parker is saying is it's hard to evaluate a homeschool kid in the Tulsa area just like it is a 2A quarterback in the state of Louisiana. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Bingo. That is, a, that is an Arch Manning joke out there for those of you that, uh, that don't get that one, okay? Um, what, what, real quick, speaking of Danny Okoye, it was, a, it was a mature approach, and I got to think if he does end up signing with OU, he's going to be one of the more favorite signees in this class because, dude, you want the OU fans to love you? Just tell everyone that you spent over two months researching this coaching staff and this program, and you talk to former players and current players and journalists and recruiting analysts like everybody. That's, that's what an OU fan wants to hear, that he cares that much. But, but who are the real contenders here? Because I know he has a lot of SEC offers. Who's going to be OU's um, toughest road to a commit, I guess? Well, Tennessee. Georgia, Alabama. Yeah, Tennessee. Te no, Tennessee's a player right now. And I think that's probably the school I would be most worried about is Tennessee just because, you know, having crossed paths with the kid time and again, he seems to be always wearing Tennessee stuff. And 
you know, you naturally wonder whether that kid would be a take at Georgia or Alabama because generally kids that Alabama offers that they haven't yet seen in person on their campus and had work out for them, they're going to make them do that before they give them a committable offer. That's the same way it was for by Job last year. So another similar Oklahoma kid who was highly ranked but played small competition small-time competition in the state of Oklahoma. He had to go to Alabama and make that offer committable. So I don't know how much Georgia and Alabama are realistically in the picture for Danny Okoye right now. It feels like OU and Tennessee are the two at the top of the list. 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In, but Parker's with me throughout uh, all remaining three hours of the rush today or all three hours of the rush. So we'll still talk recruiting. But we'll do our best to get to as many texts as we can coming up next segment. I'm at the Newcastle Casino today, 2,500 electronic games, most in the metro. I'm hanging out at the front row sports bar where it's almost happy hour here at the Newcastle Casino. We'll close up Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune. I'm at the Newcastle Casino today. We're happy hours just five minutes away. 450 Budweiser, Michelob Ultra cans, 550 spirit drinks. If you uh, maybe off on a Monday, get off work early on a Monday, come hang out at the Newcastle Casino. I'm in uh, right in front of the Front Row Sports Bar and Grill. 2,500 electronic games, most in the metro. All right, let's do it. Let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. The recruiting doomer, Parker, says, I would like to acknowledge my blunder last week. I will not ever talk up this recruiting staff again. Well, uh, thank you, Recruiting Doomer, for knowing your role on this yes, show. Yes, well, th- thank you for staying on brand, I was about to say. Uh, Sarks Vodka says, sounds like our coaches don't close on defensive linemen as well as other coaches. If you read these situations on paper, that's the conclusion anyone would come to. I mean, <laughs> look, winning battles for elite defensive linemen in general, blue-chip defensive linemen, it's a tough proposition these days because – there are very – I shouldn't say there are very few positions because the list is getting bigger year over year. But there's always going to be a heavy NIL market for quarterbacks. There's always going to be a pretty big NIL market for the cream of the crop at wide receiver. I'm talking the best of the best. But what kind of goes understated is that there's a huge NIL market for elite defensive and offensive linemen both, Tyler. Yeah. From the 405, if Kevin Sperry doesn't stick – we must avoid C4 like the plague. So Kevin Sperry is a C4 athlete, correct? And he's yes. your 2025 quarterback commit. So how's OU going to manage? I mean, he's already committed, so maybe it's a little bit different. So how's OU going to manage that whole situation? Yeah, look, we talked it, about the I mean, the hour. Eric McCarty's a C4 kid too, right? And Kevin Sperry has made it. He's made no bones about the fact that he's all in with OU and – Basically, Kevin Sperry was a guy that was going to get the OU offer and was going to commit to OU regardless of whether he was affiliated with C4 or not. So OU is certainly holding nothing against Kevin Sperry. They have no reason to. But EJ from Louisiana asked, does this affect Colton Yarbrough down the line? Of course, the 2026 edge rusher extraordinaire out of Durant as well. Uh, Yes, it will affect Colton Yarbrough. So, again, going forward, OU is not going to be eager to do business with any athletes that train slash play seven on seven slash associate themselves in any manner with C4. There are some bridges that are going to need to be repaired, and quite frankly, there are just some bridges that never will be repaired amongst all of this. From the 918, I don't trust recruiting anymore. I've become numb. 
Five-star defensive lineman, go where you will, young man. Quack, quack, hook him, gig him. It matters not to me anymore. That's probably the most relatable text uh, of the entire hour. Hey, guys, what if I were to tell you that there will be another time during this recruiting cycle where you're going to feel very good and very optimistic about things, huh? Good news is going to happen again at some point. But, yeah, right now it doesn't feel all that great after what happened on Saturday. And if Sedavian Sims does end up being the number one player in the state, and a couple of services have him ranked as such right now, what do we, what do we say? Where, what do we find last week that um, Andrew Rame is the last time OU's landed the number one player in the state? Missed like four consecutive years. It's been a while. So yeah, recruiting in the state of Oklahoma. I'm not saying that it's not a priority, but they could obviously do better here moving forward with the top player in the state of Oklahoma. All right, Parker's with me with the rush. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.